everybody, welcome to Save Your Side, the podcast where we talk about the rise and fall of your favorite or rather least favorite celebrities. I'm your host, Katrina Rochelle, here with my best friend and fellow co-host, Jose Angel. How are you, Jose? It has been a week, but I'm here and I'm ready to talk about some horrible people. All right, come on, let's push through. (laughs) Finish our week strong. Yes, the streets weren't made for everyone. That's why they made sidewalks. On today's episode, we will be taking to the streets. That is Sesame Street. Oh. (laughs) (laughs) I was like, oh, is this the gangster episode? (laughs) We finally talking about, we talking about gangs? All right, Sesame Street. Now I'm scared. Sesame Street is a children's show. It is. And, and I feel like with these kids shows, the scandals are more swept under the rug. But one thing me and you are going to do is look under every rug, shine a light into every dark corner. And there might be some Muppets that don't want us to talk about this stuff, but we have to. Mm, let's get up in those crevices. <laughs> so we will be talking about two scandals that happened off screen of the show. Before we get started, were you or are you still a fan of Sesame Street? There's no shame here. It's all, it's fun for all ages. <laughs> but yeah, you should stop watching at some point. It's weird. <laughs> um, Yes, back in the day, I was a big uh, Sesame Streeter. I think as a little child baby, I liked Sesame Street a lot. And then as I got, oh, first of all, let's stop. My favorite character for a long time was Snuffleupagus. Let's just put it mm. all about there to be my boy and then as i got older i started less caring about sesame street and it was all about elmo's world now you're a huge elmo fan a little bit i mean the song was catchy as hell he had his goldfish dorothy i mean come on and (laughs) we had to tickle me elmo and everything so yeah and then i started moving on to other pbs shows but i I had a, a good little a good little time with sesame street I knew about Sesame Street, but it was never like one of my kid shows that I can remember. Because Jose was listening and watching Disney already and <laughs> Nickelodeon 3 and Disney Plus Plus because this man had money. He wouldn't watch a PBS. He wouldn't watch the free shows. I didn't want to say it. <laughs> <laughs> I knew it. I was like, Jose ain't watch no PBS shows ever. <laughs> Oh, geez. So if somehow you're listening to this and you have never heard of Sesame Street, it's an educational child show that uses live action, sketch comedy, animation, and puppetry. You have some very popular characters on there like Big Bird, Tricky Monster, Austin the Grouch, and probably the most famous, Elmo. Yeah, you just said Sesame Street is the kid version of SNL and Mad TV and all that? Yeah, pretty much. I didn't think about that. It, It basically is. And all these are Muppets. Muppets being the combination of marionettes and puppets. That's what Jim Henson, the creator of the Muppets, has said. But he has kind of flipped, flopped back and forth. In 1956, he said a Muppet is a cross between a hand puppet and a stick puppet. And he coined the term Muppet to be distinct. So nothing to do with marionettes. Okay. And then he started saying it was a combination. And then in 1984, he said, we told reporters the word was a combination of puppets and marionettes, but that wasn't true. We just coined it. We just made it up. 
We just said that to satisfy reporters. So okay. that explanation of being the combination is still out there, but it's not true. It's just to make them called something other than puppets. Sesame Street, as an idea, was created in 1966 and would premiere on November 10th, 1969. It said that it was used to master the addictive qualities of television and do something good with them. By 1979, 9 million American children under the age of 6 were watching Sesame Street daily, and it would increase in views until the 90s, where it has fallen a little bit, but it's still pretty popular on PBS. By 1996, about 95% of American children have watched it by the time they were 3, and in 2009, it was ranked the 15th most popular kids show. It's also now in a lot of other countries. And fun fact, other countries have different versions of Big Bird. I have it, to see that. You never seen it? No, I no, I like I want to see other different versions of Big Bird. Yeah, there are different colors and everything. I was surprised when I learned that. I like that. And it's still an ongoing show, having 53 seasons and over 4,600 episodes. Hey, that was just a little summary of what Sesame Street is. If you grew up Amish or something, I don't know. So, <laughs> Your budget is amazing. First up, we'll be talking about Northern Callaway. This one is almost like an urban legend with how the facts change a little or more is added. So I will try and say what is most reported. So if you are familiar with the story and I did not mention something, it's just because I couldn't find an alternate source to confirm it. Okay. So, Northern was born September 10th, 1948, making him a Virgo. After Northern graduated from New York City's High School of Performing Arts, he would join the Lincoln Center Repertory Company in 1966. He would perform in A Midsummer's Night's Dream, The Three Musted Tears, and The Louis Armstrong Story. He would then become a Broadway actor from 1968 to 1980, performing in six Broadway productions. Ah, the theater. The theater. But in 1971, Northern Calloway would join Sesame Street. He played a character named David Robinson. Are you familiar with David Robinson? Hold up. Now you got me looking because that sounds awfully familiar. Is this a black man? It is a black man. Both oh. our subjects on today's episode are African-American men. Both of them? Both of them. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I think I do know this man. Let me look at the images and... Okay, I'm not pulling up a correct picture that I can tell if it is him. But... Did you oh, here up? it is. Here it is. Norm okay. No. Okay. Yeah, he was early on, so I don't know. Yeah, this is this is early, early days. So he was not a puppeteer, but an actor who appeared on screen as a normal human being. Northern's character, David, who's African-American, would date Maria, another character on there. And this was kind of a big deal since they were an interracial couple. Not the first interracial couple on screen, but there was only a handful before them. Hey, look, what's up, Maria? <laughs> so while this is all fine and dandy, it seems Northern suffered some mental health issues behind the scenes. I don't know. The only place that I found an actual article was from the Arizona Daily Star on September 20th, 1980. Of course, more places have re reported on it years later, but at the time that I could find, it was just one. Maybe there was more, but you know how it is trying to find old sources. Some of them have not been turned online, so. 
Yeah, especially stuff that's before 1990. Yeah, so this one was actually an article that they stand onto the internet, so it's just right there they can read. Gotcha. So they report Northern was 32 years old and was performing at the opening of the Tennessee Performing Arts Center. People working at the center thought he went back home to New York, but he was on a week sick leave. And he was staying with a woman named Mary Staderman. And for some reason, he beat her with an iron on the head and the chest. Whoa. Like a, like a, like a, a clothing, like you ironing out clothes. So this article that I read just said iron, but I've seen later articles say iron rod. So I'm not 100% sure which it was. Like a tire iron? Oh, fuck. Either way, you know, something that's going to cause a lot of damage. Yeah, that's fucking even. That's way more. I mean, both of them totally fucked up, but a, like, like a, yeah, that shit could cause like ultimate damage more than like a household appliance iron. I mean, it, either way. If you think of the old ones, though, I feel like those would be very heavy. Oh, yeah. Either way, this motherfucker was gone. So, police officers who would be called to the scene say that Northern beat her so bad with the iron that he tore up the iron. And he would then run around the neighborhood, taking his clothes off, shouting. A man named Douglas White would say he fired a warning shot to scare Northern off. And at this time, Northern was just wearing a t-shirt. And then later in the article, it says he was naked. And it says he was going around busting house windows. He took a backpack from a little kid. He ate some grass. He was talking about the CIA. Mm, Just a total breakdown. Yes. So police would say he caused extensive damages on two homes. He broke into a home, and that's when police were able to catch up with him. And Northern would yell out, I'm David from Sesame Street, and they're trying to kill me. Northern would be taken to Vanderbilt Hospital and was treated for minor injuries. And then he was taken to Middle Tennessee Mental Health Institute. Mary would have broken ribs and head injuries. That's going to be my next question. If she was, did she survive? Is she okay? She did survive, yes. I don't know how okay she was, though, because it does say that... She spent two months in the hospital recovering. Northern would be diagnosed as manic depressive, which is now known as bipolar disorder. And he would say he attacked Mary. It was caused by temporary insanity. Mary would end up suing for $750,000, but it was settled two days before the trial was to start. And surprisingly, Northern was allowed to go back on Sesame Street. What? Yeah, um, listen to this quote by the executive producer first, and then we'll discuss it. So, Dulcie Singer, I don't know if that's how you pronounce her name, Dulcie Singer. She said, after the incident in Nashville, I had a hard time with the front office, convincing them that we should keep Northern on the show. But it was apparent to me that he was extremely ill, so I fought to keep him. You don't fire people because they are sick. Which I think... I mean, if you think about it, this is the, when was this? The 70s? So. Well, yeah, that's a or very This is 1980, much, sorry. This is 1980. It's still a very forward way of thinking, especially yeah. in that time, uh, with the way that they treat m- mental illness, both back then and still a little bit now. I do agree. I do agree. Um, it's just the, it's just hard with 
the 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 in, intense violence behind it as well as this being a kid show those are mm. the two things that are not meshing well with me i completely agree when people are sick and something is wrong with them you should not fire him. it would have been a lot more easy i feel like as a person to swallow having him back on the show if this was something that you found out without a violent episode being attached to it yeah um so i mean i mean good on her for having that forward-thinking attitude that is that's a great attitude to have i just don't know if the circumstances were right in this particular case that's kind of how I feel too. Like, if it but, was a one-off, <clears throat> I can see where she's coming from. But since it was so violent, it's like, oh, you're to be on a kids show. Like, I don't know. Maybe that's why it has been kind of swept under the rug. Like, it wasn't reported on a lot. Mm. Also, I mean, I don't know if this was uh, something you could do back in the day, but like, if you, I mean, you can't guarantee they're going to use that money for it. But like, give them a severance package that includes like talking to somebody because keeping him on isn't guaranteeing that he's getting help either. Well, something that Cinder did say is that he could come back as long as he took the lithium he was prescribed. Okay. Okay. He so he, he did see somebody and he was prescribed something. Okay. I forgot. Well, he said he was diagnosed and everything. So yeah. yeah. All right. So well then I get it. He did take his lithium, but it's reported that he was also taking cocaine. And, okay, can't do those together. Yeah. So there was some more behind-the-scene incidents. During an argument with musical director Danny Epstein, Northern would bite Danny. And then another incident, Northern would go to a teenage cast member, Allison Barlett's high school, and propose to her. And he was dismissed from Sesame Street in 1989. It was said he was leaving for health reasons, saying he had stomach cancer. And his last episode was on November 20th, 1989. He would be written out of the show saying he was going to help his grandma on a farm. And then on January 9th, 1990, less than two months later, he would die in a psychiatric hospital. His death is weird and kind of raises some eyebrows. It says when he arrived at the hospital, he either attacked a doctor or a staff member. And then he would fight against restraints and have a seizure and then die from exhaustive psychosis, now known as excited delirium syndrome, which is when someone experiences agitation, aggression, acute distress, and sudden death, oftentimes in pre-hospital care settings, and when someone is being restrained. This diagnosis in itself is controversial. Some organizations like the World Health Organization, the American Psychiatric Association, and the American Medical Associate Association don't even recognize it as an official diagnosis. Hmm. Other critics say it's mostly used to shift the blame from the person exerting the force to the person dying. Yeah, because I'm like, how do you know he's experiencing all that and he ain't just being restrained or choked or asphyxiated? So today, I believe most people who receive this for their cause of death are Black men in police custody. Well, the, you got you. I mean, I I'm not a doctor, so I don't know, but it does raise some eyebrows. A hundred percent, because we know just off the top some cases where uh, it was a, a 
if that's the case, it was a lot of brute force, uh, excessive force used. When I was looking this up, it did say um, when George Floyd was murdered, one of the police officers said something about like this, uh, this diagnosis. Yeah. Because they was like, we're just going to roll out another one. We're going we gonna to put another put, a, put another one of these cause of deaths on them. Dang, it's like, I get it. You got to restrain these people. But it's like, I don't know. How do you, like, do these people not know when's enough is enough? Is it accidental? I mean, I don't know. I saw some where it says that a lot of the time, well, not all the time, but sometimes um, some critics think that it's more positional what is it called it's 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 what is it called when you when you choke positional choking. yes that word and it's really that and they're just saying it's this syndrome it's cited delirium syndrome which yeah and i can see that more in police settings because most of the time they have you facing down on top of your where you're laying down on top of your chest and they're pressing down but i would suspect i can't confirm like in a psychiatric hospital that you would be facing upward so they would have to be putting a hell of a lot of pressure on your chest and ribs and stuff i would think for that to happen which seems unnatural to be restrained in that way in a hospital it it does that's why it's weird to me like you said it raises eyebrows I also want to say I was lurking in some Muppet forums, and they're- <laughs> That sounds <laughs> crazy, Loki. <laughs> I, okay, what's crazy? Me lurking or the people writing it? <laughs> I just picture you coming up behind your computer, you say, nothing? <laughs> so just looking at some Muppets, nothing, nothing serious. Well, there is an alternate explanation of his death saying it was actually, in fact, stomach cancer and he was brought to the psychiatric hospital because it was the closest nearby and he lost consciousness and then was transferred to another hospital and then Mm. he was declared dead. Damn, that sucks too. I saw that his family members did not release a statement and I personally think if there's rumors of him dying under different circumstances, they would clear it up. Mm. Maybe they just truly don't know either, so they don't want to put no... They're not going to say anything for sure. They just want to maybe keep it quiet, honor his death quietly, you know, not, you know, who knows. Which the Muppet fanboys, their thing is that he had an episode of maybe a nervous breakdown or something back in the early 80s, and that's why people are saying it's this, but it's really not. But I, I could not really see anything to confirm that. Okay. So that is all about Northern Callaway. So we'll be moving on to our next one, unless you have anything else to add. Uh, no, that was a, that was a messed up one. I, I feel bad because it just, it ended tragically. That's not how you want to hear story end with a man who's battling mental illness. Finally got on one of the big stages. Yeah, and sadly, it was done all behind the scenes. You know, it's not something that he could discuss back then. He would definitely be like kicked out of hollywood or the sesame street oh yeah very much maybe probably like um um what's the word black ball like oh yes glad you admitted that you're dealing with all this stuff now we're never hiring you yeah he'd probably be made a joke Mm -mm. 
So, next up is a man who played the furry red monster on the show. Kevin Plash is a puppeteer most famously known for playing Elmo. Kevin was born on September 17, 1960, making him a Virgo. At 10 years old, he starts to build puppets after being inspired by Sesame Street. During his teen years, he would do some puppeteering on a show called Caboose and another one called Zep. He would meet Kermit Love, who designed some of the Muppets like Oscar the Grouch and Big Bird. Fun not fact, Kermit the Frog? No, even though his name is Kermit, the Frog was not named after him. Yeah, try convincing me otherwise. <laughs> <laughs> Kermit would bring Kevin to observe the Sesame set. And he worked there for a little, but he was already working on a show called Captain Kangaroo. Ah, I've, Cap- heard. I've heard of Captain Kangaroo, but I've never like seen it. Same, same. After Captain Kangaroo is canceled, he is able to work with Sesame Street at first playing characters Hoots the Owl, Baby Natasha, and Dr. Noble Price. After a year, he would then pick up the Elmo puppet, and this became his signature one. Before this, Elmo wasn't really a main character. He was a background or supporting character, and he didn't have his signature voice or personality, which Kevin is the one to give him all that. Mmm... I think Elmo is the most famous out of the Muppets from Sesame Street. You know, those Tickle Me Elmo commercials, you couldn't escape them. Yeah, I definitely think, thought it was Big Bird. And then when that, that that toy came out, smashed all the other characters. Yeah. And Kevin has won 27 daytime Emmys for his portrayal of Elmo from 1990 to 2013. 27? God 27. I got to get into the daytime Emmy business. <laughs> <laughs> and if you want to learn more about him and Elmo, you can read his book, I guess. But let's move on to the scandal. I got most of the information from TMZ that was updating the scandal as it was unfolding. But surprisingly, or maybe not so surprisingly, the Daily Beast had the most detailed accounts on the allegations. So let's get into it. I think I remember this, but I'm not 100% sure. Okay. So, 24-year-old Sheldon Stevens met with Sesame Workshop, which is the organization behind Sesame Street. And he was coming forward saying when he was 16 and Kevin was around 43 or 44, they had a sexual relationship. He says they first met at Charity Mixer. Sheldon was working as a model and Kevin told him he could help introduce him to industry representatives. He said at first he didn't know who Kevin was, but then he told him to doodle him. And while no introductions were made with other people in the industry, Sheldon and Kevin soon developed a friendship, which turned more sexual in nature. (sighs) At the time, Sheldon claims he had never been with a guy before. He alleges that he was invited over to Kevin's apartment and he did crystal meth with Kevin and Kevin's personal driver. Oh my fucking God. And Sheldon claims while... They all participated in the drugs, and with foreplay, he was. He said that only him and Kevin would have sex, but the driver would masturbate while they were having sex. This is totally disgusting. You went from ruining somebody's life to completely destroying it. Yeah. Not you. Not you. Just you, not only sexually assaulting, statutory raping a, a, a child, but you're also doing hard drugs with them and you got a nasty ass another adult joining in on this yeah oh no so sheldon claims that at the time he felt weird about it and knew it was wrong but he felt like he was growing up and 
he was really starting to bond with Kevin. From here, they would meet up anytime Sheldon was available, which was on the weekends. Because he has school. And <laughs> af after graduating high school, he does move closely to Kevin. But by this time, he said he was going through a partying phase, so he saw Kevin less. So he's about 20 to 21 now, and he says he does confide in his grandmother of what happened. Only thing is, his grandmother was a devout Jehovah's Witness. So this is his quote about it. She's been in the church for like 50 years, and they don't go to court, and they don't get involved in politics. So it wasn't like she wanted to call the cops. She told me, sometimes things happen in life, and you just have to move on. Man, sometimes I hate the older generation. I, sometimes I understand that you grew up and it was a different world, but I just want you to want better than you have for yourself, for your 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 people. That is still something that is very kind of a belief that's held in the Jehovah Witness Church. Like you know, you hope you handle it there. Oh, trust me, I know. I had a best friend who was, uh, I'm not talking about you, though. <laughs> <laughs> Another one. <laughs> I actually did have a best friend uh, way before you who was uh, a JW. And she and her family were quite serious about it. So Sheldon is struggling with these feelings of if it's right or wrong, but he still has sex with Kevin every now and then. And as he's trying to network in New York, he's hearing other people saying that Kevin has other teenage lovers. Yeah, so, can't just groom one. Yeah, that's kind of, I think Sheldon's the one who said it, is, who said like, no, I don't think it was Sheldon, I think it was a different person, who said, you kind of think it's just between you, like mm -hmm. you two, like it was something special. Yeah, because this is like so... This is illegal. This isn't right. This isn't whatever. But you're special enough to pass through those barriers. He chose you to do this with because it's just so taboo and everything. But the truth is, is that people like that are nasty, disgusting, manipulative, and they spread their their web wide. They want to uh, they want to capture as many vulnerable souls as possible. Yeah. So he does end up going to the Sesame Workshop and he says it wasn't to bring Kevin down, but because Kevin works with children. Yeah, he's fucking disgusting. So he's emailing with Sesame Workshop and they buy him a ticket to meet in person. At this meeting, they ask if an apology would make it go away. But he says Kevin never came with an apology and it was just something thrown out but never discussed again. The people at the workshop said that? Yeah. Lord Jesus, let's talk about they want to sweep some shit under the rug. Not an apology. Will this will this kill it? <laughs> yeah, it's kind of absurd to think of that. Like I get insulting. Uh, it's very insulting, and I get that Kevin's like the main puppeteer of Elmo, but he does have understudies, and like you can replace him, and there can be other Elmos. Like Elmo can still live. Yeah, like, are they not thinking about how vulnerable other children are now going to be now? I mean, they, they don't even give a fuck. I tell you, people, they'll show you they ass in a second. <laughs> yeah, which is so weird because this is like an organization that's supposed to be all about children and, you know, educating children and helping them. It's like, educating, really? yeah, keeping them safe and protecting, giving them a space. And now you're just going to be like, yeah, this this is... This is just one shark in, in, in one big friendly pond who can just take advantage of all of our audience. Yeah, and he's the main shark. The most popular shark. 
So Sheldon claims a second meeting happened and he was called an extortionist and they showed him his own criminal record. When asked by the Daily Beast, Sesame Workshop declined to be interviewed, but a source close to the workshop said that while they did not call, call Sheldon an extortionist, they claimed Sheldon was looking for money. Sheldon denies this, saying if he was looking for money, he would have went with a lawyer to these meetings instead of alone. Mm-hmm. And also, they're being very, very avoidant about what he said. I don't give a fuck if I'm looking for money or not. You have a predator on your hands. You have a pedophile on your hands. What about that? Even if I am uh, extorting you guys for money, you still have a pedophile on your roster. Address that too. And I I, I wish my... (laughs) I wish I would try to talk to somebody about a situation. They show me my record. I'd be like, and I drank when I was 20. (laughs) (laughs) I didn't wait long enough. What about Uh But that's crazy. People, uh, they're disgusting. So now Sheldon does get a lawyer and Kevin would announce he was taking a leave of absence to deal with the allegations. Kevin does admit to being gay, which at the time he had previously been married to a woman for years, but they did divorce some years prior so it was not public knowledge that he was gay he also admits to having a relationship with sheldon but he claims it happened after sheldon turned 18. it's those things they gotta admit to little bit by little bit they can't admit to everything that's kind of yeah how i feel about it he says it was a consensual relationship and he was saddened that sheldon was trying to make it into something that it was not sheldon says well it was not about money initially He wasn't going to turn down money. You know, he's got bills. I got bills. I've been groomed. I'm traumatized. Y'all dragging my name through the mud. I want to be comfortable. So they do reach a settlement on November 13th, 2012. And with that settlement, a statement was released saying, and this is the statement, that he wants it to be known that his sexual relationship with Mr. Clash was an adult consensual relationship. Sheldon would get 85,000 in 10 days and in 12 months he would get 40,000 more. So while this is happening, Sheldon is still anonymous. But hmm. on November 14th, his identity is released by the smoking gun and they also post his arrest record. You know what happened? What do you think happened in your opinion? They got him to concede, con- concede to get the money. To say that this was an adult consensual relationship, which believe that if you want. And then as soon as he agreed to the terms, they have a third party leak all his information for trying them in the first place. Yeah, they wanted this story killed. It says that Sheldon said that his lawyer said they could have gotten more if it wasn't if the story hadn't been leaked. And now they want to discredit him and you know, he's going around saying, oh, it was consensual. So they want this completely off the map because are you going to believe Elmo or are you going to believe a criminal? Yeah, they kind of played him. So, well, not kind of, they played him. Sheldon claims this caused him to lose two jobs he was working. And he does interviews where he does say he was 18 when this happened. So, November 19th, Sheldon is now saying he wants to undo his settlement that he was pressured into settling and he was crying during the settlement meeting and repeatedly said he didn't want to sign. <sighs> then on November 20th, a second accuser would come forward. I do want to say just for fairness and putting it out there, when the Daily Beast asked for an interview with Sheldon, someone who was representing him did ask if he was going to be paid for the interview. 
when the Daily Beast said no, Sheldon did continue forward with the interview because he said he wanted the truth out there. I could see people say, see right there, that proves he's in it for money. But on the other hand, if he went through without being paid, doesn't that prove it's not about the money? Okay. I reserve judgment for the end after we talk about the second accuser. Okay. So Cecil Singleton was the second accuser, and he was also 24. And he said he had a relationship with Kevin when he was 15. As soon as Cecil comes forward, Kevin would resign from Sesame Street after 28 years of being on there. Cecil would get a lawyer, but was told he was past the statute of limitations, but he would still sue. He claims he met Kevin on a day phone chat line. Cecil claims at first he did claim to be 18 and Kevin claimed to be 36. But when they met, Cecil told him he was only 15, and Kevin tells him he's actually 43. So they go on six or seven dates, but Cecil calls it off because he was not comfortable with the age gap. He said they never had sex, or he was not given drugs, but he would meet up with Kevin again when he was 19 or 20, meeting on the chat line again. This time, though, he's older and realizes that Kevin's a man of means. And when he finds out how he makes his money as a puppeteer on Sesame Street, he is disgusted because Kevin is around all these kids. He said he only saw him one time after finding out who he really was, but in his mind, he thought he was the only one, so he kept it to himself until he heard about Sheldon's allegations. Huh. And Cecil would sue for $5 million, but says if Kevin admits to it, he would drop the suit. And then Accuser 3 comes forward on November 27th. Goddamn. This one is anonymous, but he says when he was 16, he met Kevin on a gay chat site. And when they met, he says Kevin offered him alcohol and had oral sex, and the victim was penetrated digitally. He did have an unpublished manuscript about his life that seems to confirm his allegations. In the manuscript, he called the man the titler which could be in a oh, reference to Tickle Me Elmo. Oh, my God. Not the and, tickler. So, yeah, these allegations came out in 2012, and that manuscript was from 2009, and I believe it was, um, like, trademarked or copyrighted, whatever. That's a crazy-ass so pseudonym. I, I mean, but... It fits if it's in reference. Well, yeah, to I'm, I'm calling your ass the nasty ass tickler too. And this man says they didn't engage in further sexual intercourse until he after he turned 18. <clears throat> so it's more of a grooming thing. Jesus. And then a fourth accuser comes forward on December 10, 2012. He said that in 1995 or 1996, when John Doe was 16 or 17, he met with Kevin. <laughs> who was in his mid-30s. He says Kevin flew him out to New York and they had sex on multiple occasions. April 17, 2013, one of the men would drop the lawsuits. I'm not sure which one. And then on July 1st, 2013, a judge would dismiss the three remaining cases, saying the statute of limitations has passed. The statute of limitations is three years after they turned 18, and that has passed. Mm. Kevin Clash would return to puppeteering in The Happy Times Murder, a movie with Melissa McCarthy. In 2002, a wrangler comes forward claiming workplace abuse. And a wrangler is someone who fits his puppets and sex. 
And he says that when he started working on... Wait, he fixed puppets and what? <laughs> I, I did say that. Sets. S-E-T-S. Oh. <laughs> I'm like, what and, you do? <laughs> he says when he started working on Earth to Ned, a Disney Plus show in 2019, he was warned about Kevin by other Wranglers, saying that he shouldn't address Kevin directly, and that while he's nice and bubbly toward the puppeteers, he was condescending and nasty to the Wranglers. The Wrangler claims Kevin was leaving a voicemail for someone's kid and yelled at the Wrangler to shut the fuck up. Other puppeteers have said that it's not their, their experience with Kevin, and nothing really came of that story. So, Kevin Clash is back to puppeteering. If you believe he's a pedophile or not, I guess that's up for debate. Sheldon done, put, done, done, done messed me up a little bit. Why is that? Uh, I just... I just don't know. I think Kevin Clash is disgusting, though. I think that there's enough smoke to show that there was fire. The trademark manuscript, uh, the similar ways in which they all were introduced to Kevin, the similar ways in which they met or were in contact with Kevin, a significant amount of time when they were underage, and then stops, and then he reintroduces himself again to them after they're 18, like you said, I think that is part of the like leading, the grooming. So I, I, I do think that uh, while there wasn't enough to sustain a court case, especially since the statute of limitations passed, I do think that there was enough evidence as far as you know public opinion for you to decide if you believe Kevin or his accusers. And I would probably fall more on the accusers. Um, the Sheldon story just baffles me with the whole, the flip-flop nature. And and not to say, I mean, if, if you've been through some stuff, I understand, but it's, you, you were 24 when you, decided, when you decided to come out with this. And first it was just about getting the story out. And then when they started pressuring you, then you understood, okay, this might be a, a long game. I, we need to make sure I get some monetary in addition to this. Um, so in order to get your bag, you concede to uh, wipe away the, the illegal part of your history. And then later you say, no, nah, actually I didn't want that settlement and they screwed me anyway. Um, I was, I, I was, I was just joking it, or I was lying to save face. He really did do all that stuff to me when I was 16, 15. So Sheldon, unfortunately, with a, with a case like Sheldon, you can use that to cast doubt on all, any other accusers afterwards. Because it's like, yeah, we thought Sheldon was real too, but look what he, he was doing and what he said and what happened. And that's not to say it didn't happen, but when people change their story, I mean, just... It doesn't look good for them, and it doesn't look good for anybody else, unfortunately, after sometimes. Yeah, the flip-flopping definitely makes it seem... It, it raises questions. But and also, you would say, why the fuck is Kevin Clash and Sesame Street bowing down and settling with this person if, like he said, 
everything was uh, consensual. So it's like, also, yeah, we know y'all ain't slick either. Yeah, I I think for me, if there wasn't four people who came forward, then it could be more doubt in my mind. But since there's four of them and two of them are anonymous, every time there's anonymous people, it's like, what do they have to gain from it? Mm-hmm. And when it you know, all lines up as far as like beginning history, it's like, yeah, wh- why? Especially when they have proof of how it they were introduced. Yeah, I feel talking about the settlement, like why settle like a lot of people would settle to just make it go away mm-hmm. but i i don't think that you would settle for that when you're on a kid's show i don't know like it you would want your it... name to be clear so you could continue working yeah i mean did they find like the fastest way to do that was just to pay him off i don't know it, it, it does it seems weird and it seems weird to me that the smoking gun released that oh, yeah. article been, afterwards. I mean, the smoking gun has has been known to be shysty as, as well as to use any um, any weapon tool that they have to get the information that they want. So knowing that, if you also want to screw somebody, if you also want to expose somebody, you know the smoking gun is the perfect place because they'll do anything. They'll take everything. They'll they don't they don't have any limits to the to the depths they'll go to for a story so this person just got you for x amount of money uh you felt like they were a scam artist or even if you knew that they weren't a scam artist you just want to knock their credibility into the dirt let's give them all this information that we said wouldn't be released and expose him on a national level yeah, because that just makes Sheldon look bad. It does not make Kevin look bad at mm-hmm. all. It makes Kevin look innocent in that maybe, like other people might think, oh, they just paid him to 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 uh to get the story out the way or to like make the story go away. He's I wonder just a money grubbing person. Yeah, uh, if if he never settled, would it like make more waves? I feel like that kind of killed the story was the settling and mm-hmm. and recanting his story because right there people once you recant like it's very hard to walk back from that yeah your credibility is just ruined and i don't know i i it's just horrible that you know elmo is bigger than one person so just let it be bigger than one person yeah like you found this person granted he he gave him the personality that he was today, but like once again, why are we like sacrificing the safety of our space as a kids program to cater to somebody who is um, nasty and disgusting and who conducts themselves like this privately with uh, men underage or of age? Like just meeting somebody off the bat. And just giving them crystal meth. Yeah, and it's crazy for an adult, but it's absolutely destructive, destroy of uh, upsetting for actual child. Yeah, it like the crystal meth is mentioned, and then it's forgotten about. Like even if let's say okay, he's not a pedophile; it was eighteen, but he's doing crystal meth with eighteen-year-olds. Is that okay too? Like, no, it's not. <laughs> Like, 18, just because someone turns 18, maybe illegally it's right, but it's still not, it's not right. Like, we've said it before. It's just, you're you're in your 40s, man. Why are you an 18-year-old? 
Yeah, and then the audacity to get these younger people on your side. So you still claim your old ass uh, age, but you try to lessen it by uh, seven to eight years. Man, you're disgusting. And then the nerve to sit there and come out and say, okay, I, I, I'm not a pedophile. I'm not, I, I, I don't sexually assault people, but I am gay. Yeah, which it's from our, our lost episode. That's what Kevin Spacey did, too. Yes, yeah, like y'all do this all the time. Y'all don't want to say nothing about your sexuality. And then somebody comes accuse you of like a horrific crime and it's okay for you to now come out. But you still deny the brutality of the crime. But unfortunately, all the evidence points to you. And that uh, he gets, I get, he was, he wasn't even exonerated. It was just Statue of Limitations. But... Mm-hmm. Now he's on, you know, a Disney Plus show as a puppeteer. Or he did a Disney Plus show. I, I don't think it's an ongoing thing, but... And to me, <laughs> predators don't stop. They just get better at hiding. Yes. So... 100% agree with you on that. Now he's back in his element, uh, possibly lurking, doing the same damn thing, but either he'll never be called out on it because they'll never have proof or he just has that solid of a shield around him where people would just continue to protect him because of this one go round. Yeah, and I was going to include other Sesame Street, um, not bid scandals, more like controversial things like Katy Perry's dress or whatever, but I think I'll just leave it at that for today. Yeah, I'm a cheat and Google that. What, what's that? What the fuck happened? She wore like a kind of a revealing dress on Sesame Street. So like, I don't, either they didn't air it or it was like pulled off. Bad whore. (laughs) Or if Bert and Ernie are gay. Those homos. (laughs) Or uh, one I did find interesting. You said, what what was his name used to be your favorite? Snuffleupagus. Snuffleupagus. He used to be. Oh, how he's on drugs. No, he used to be. (laughs) Big Bird's imaginary friend, and every time a grown-up would come, or someone would come, you know, he would disappear, and they would think, oh, Big Bird, you're, like, making it up. And then they changed... crazy. They changed that. I mean, this by memory, so I might be doing this wrong, but they changed that um, because they saw, like, a 60-minute show, and it was talking about child abuse, how sometimes the kids aren't believed, so they didn't want the kids to watch the show and be like, oh, they don't believe Big Bird about Snuffleupagus. So they won't believe me about this abuse. You see, they can be so cognizant about certain issues and then be so disgusting with their with their staff protection choices. <laughs> yeah, it's very weird. Um, but that's our Sesame Street scandals. We can get off the street and get back on the sidewalks now. Yeah, where it's fucking safe. Every day <laughs> when you're walking down the street... <laughs> That's another uh-huh. <laughs> that's a PBS show that you're not familiar with. That's Arthur. I know, I know, but you still didn't watch it. I did when I went to my grandma's house. <laughs> I well, can't I help that I'm to, old money. I just and, can't. I was about to say, and then when I went back to the big house. <laughs> In the guest house, we didn't have that. Oh my gosh, you are silly. <laughs> All right. But we do like to end every episode on a positive note. 
with some form of media we want to discuss, recommend, shit on, explore. You want to go first or should I go first? I'll go first because it's short and I'm shitting on something. You have a song? It's not a song that I'm shitting on, but a singer is involved. It better not be Taylor. Can you guess? It's not Taylor. I'm done with Taylor. We already know the truth. (laughs) (laughs) Comment is what happened. Karma is what happened when you make a shitty remix. Anyway, I'm done. That remix has just grown on me. (laughs) Really? (laughs) Oh, Lord. No, um, I'm shitting on the new HBO show, The Idol. Really? For reals. I've tried. Okay, so at first, I didn't want to shit on it at first because it seems like a lot of people are starting to shit on it. And I wanted to give it a chance. I even watched, I watched some reactions and then I actually uh, watched the first episode on, uh, uh, what's that shit called? Max. Yeah, on Max on my phone, uh, passively at work. Just like the parts that weren't covered by the reaction, which were mostly the, the sexual parts, of course. But anyway, I was just like, this can't be as bad. Maybe it's just that whole, everybody hates Sam Levinson, which understandably, because uh, I tried to give him some bail on Euphoria season two, but then when I heard how he was treating my girl, how you he didn't have nobody else involved in the writing, I was like, okay, maybe you deserve some of the criticism. And then he's involved with the idol. And then I read that Rolling Stone article. I was watching the show and I was like, damn, shit is just not looking good for your reputation. But honestly, people are not wrong. Um, if if you like it, you like it. I can't I can't um, stop you from liking something that you enjoy. I do see what a lot of people are saying. It's a lot of gratuitous nudity. It's a lot of sexual situations just for the the shock value uh, to the point where it's like this. I don't think this is a real show. Like this seems like a show you created purely for shock value and not because you wanted to create something special with longevity yeah like it's not malcolm and marie i hated malcolm and marie and that just put (laughs) that was like the coffin i'm like third three times it uh what is it three strikes you're out euphoria see no malcolm and marie first strike one euphoria season two strike two the idol strike three get his ass out of here and then i learned he's basically a nepo baby how did i not know that so now oh. I'm like, oh, man, are you really that creative or do you just be taking everything from all your famous people and all your famous friends and your famous father? But um, it's just not good. Um, the weekend can't act at all. I the also, clips I saw, I didn't think he could act. He can't act. And uh, his acting in the script is so bad. I think that Lily, uh, Lily Rose can't act low key either. At least this is just not the... This is just not the role, I think, for her, honestly. I don't mm. know. I just I just don't like it. But also, I could see this maybe is not the show for me. So I've been kind of maybe thinking, you know, maybe I'm just shitting on something that's just not my taste anyway. But Isn't I just, it about celebrities? Yes, yeah, about that's celebrities. That's our show. How... <laughs> What, what do you mean? That's like well, I'm 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 trying to be with their like, audience. I'm trying to you know play devil's advocate a okay. little bit with my own opinion. Um, Maybe but the it's thing just, that's about my interest isn't for me. Maybe <laughs> I I just don't I don't know. Like some things, like okay, 
For instance, I really liked Euphoria. In fact, you got me into Euphoria. And Did some I? parts of Euphoria, huh? Did I? Yeah, because you watched it for a minute. You watched season one and then you stopped. Uh-huh. And I was watching season one on your account. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I liked Euphoria so much, but there were parts that I was like, oh, my God, this is hard to watch. It's cringy. This is something that I don't enjoy, but so much of it is cringy. Like, so much Aww. of the the lines, the writing, the acting, the storylines. I'm just so confused. Uh, and I just, <laughs> I just don't like it. And then I heard about the whole backstory about how there was this whole other woman involved in this whole show, but they basically cut her in every, they cut her and about 80% of her contribution from the show. So then you got me thinking, well, would I have liked this first version of the show? Oh, I heard that because it was like something about oh, having too much of a woman's perspective or something. Yeah. Overall, I think the main thing is that it's just not my thing. I think it's trying too hard. And Sam needs to find out what is up with him wanting all these women to be in these weird sexual situations that are just so like like teetering on the edge of like abuse and creepiness and like vileness like why does he why does he go to that side of himself specifically with his female characters i think it is just for shock value like you could tell this like they talking about this might not get a season two why would it, it i shouldn't. heard it wasn't i don't know if that's true or not like I said, this seems like this was purely a limited series done just to make everybody see how far he could go. Did you finish it? No, the, it's it's six episodes, but uh, all of them haven't aired yet. Uh, are you going to watch them still? Uh, no, I do think that I am probably going to not stay like on in the loop, but see how it ends. Like maybe, you know, Wikipedia, read a review. Mm. You know I me. Mean? I'm not giving nobody no viewership, even though they said the shit's popular. But just because a, a show is popular don't mean it's good. Yeah, especially if it's just the first episode. I mean, you have to wait until the other episodes. Like, because people are tuning and see what it is. Yeah. That doesn't but mean they'll be back. I don't think it'll, I don't, here's the thing. There should always be a glimmer of, of like, goodness in a show that shows you, like, even if it's not at its best. It should give you a reason to keep watching. I think people are only watching to see how this train wreck ends, but people aren't watching because it's a good story. Yeah, like me personally, just seeing all the hate on it, I would only watch it just because I want to see how bad it is. Yeah, but you know, hate watching gives these people views too. It makes them think uh -huh. that it's good. So you, sometimes people got to be careful. And I don't want to give them too much because there's a lot of other terrible shows on on the on all these streaming sites. But this is just the one I came across that's been just so blatantly bad that a lot of people are talking about. Are you a weekend fan? Uh, not anymore. I think I was. Exactly. Was that bad? <laughs> you silly. Not anymore. Not after seeing that. I would say he's he's okay. I would say the last weekend song I liked was Starboy and. Before Starboy, it was a while. Like his, like his uh, mixtapes and the trilogy, trilogy uh, CD. 
I really like those projects, but after that, I kind of like weaned off the weekend. I've never really like looked into him that much. I I like the songs I hear, but I've never. Yeah, I don't really, really like his music so far anymore. I think, but but his most recent music has got him the most popular he's ever been. I just wasn't feeling it. Mm. So I'm done with my media. What's Good yours? media? My media, I guess, would be in honor of Father's Day since it's Father's Day weekend. Damn, so. call me out. Stop. <laughs> I ain't got nothing to contribute anyway. Uh, you know what that just reminded me of? Uh, my black dad. My black dad. I knew you were going to say that. I knew you were going to say that. Uh, she was just insulting me casually. Do, didn't even know. Do you want to give? Do you want to say what my black dad story is? You you tell the story. What I remember is your biological father has passed away. Yes. And I forget how it came up in conversation, but you said something about him. And I used to we, carry his uh, obituary in my binder. Maybe that's what it was. And a friend of ours was sitting at your desk. We were in your dorm room. Mm-hmm. And she's at your desk and she just turns around and she starts singing... My black dad, my black dad. <laughs> we were like, what? It was such a shocking but funny thing. Like, why would you do that? I was just like, damn, you know he dead, right? <laughs> oh. <laughs> my bad, basically. <laughs> that, that, yeah, that's what it was. But I remember just from the awkwardness, we laughed about that for like 30 minutes straight. Oh my gosh, it was crazy. It's not the first or the last time. <laughs> but my media is, I remember when my mom and dad first got divorced and we would go to my dad's house and I would have to stay in his room because he got a roommate. So like the roommate took my room and then I didn't have a room for a little bit. So I was staying at my dad's house and we would always, at night we would always play the radio like music mm-hmm. and it'd be like on radio disney or whatever and <laughs> one night the song who let the dogs out comes on and we're sleeping but for some reason like penetrated my dad's mind like in inception <laughs> and he has this he has this nightmare and i know this because he told me the next morning of these demons dancing around a fire and you know the who let the dogs out who 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 like they're chanting oh my gosh so after that like we could never listen to that song who let the dogs out and radio disney was like banned from our house because it would always come on of course damn it's just a funny story to me because it's just like damn you scared of a song it's like i don't want to be that terrible person but I just want to go visit your father and be like, who, I I looked when that song came out and it was the year 2000. I was like six years old. So it's like, would he even still remember that? I feel like he might have like a flashback. Maybe have the flashback to his nightmare. But yeah, that I I could that that song had all the children in a chokehold. I didn't even like that song, but even when it came on, I had to, I had to whoop, you know, I had to let my hoo-hoos out too. And you know, it was everywhere. Everywhere. So we just saw it to English music. We were just on the Spanish station. 
<laughs> That's enough of that. And I think I said this last time, or one one of our times, but I, one of the other songs that my dad loves that's in English is the song Royals by Lord. <gasps> I love that song. He would always say, because he didn't understand lyrics, he would say, play the green bean song, play the green bean song, because it says, like, you can call me Queen Bee, and he <gasps> misunderstood it. You can call me Green Bee. Oh my God, that's my new word. I'm not even saying Queen Bee no more. Just Green Bee. First of all, that album, I still listen to Pure Heroin, which that's a crazy ass name. Okay, when you say it out loud. But I love hero, hero, yeah, yeah, heroin, heroin. Uh, I listen to that all the time still. I love that CD so much so. So much so that besides Magnets, I don't listen to any other Lord song. Really? And the thing is, she's gotten like more popular and more famous and released a lot more music. Nope. If it ain't the first album or Magnets, I ain't heard it. I did like her album, Melodrama. Yeah, a lot of people did. Mm, I never tried. <laughs> she gave me that first one. That's all I needed from her. And she was 16, 17. Oh my gosh. I was like, what the, what the hell are teenagers singing like this for? It got me all up in my little teenage feelings. And I was, we was in college then. Besides Royals, I feel like I love Lord songs. I actually listened a few times to like them. Hmm. I can see that. Yeah. I, I like her. I don't know. I, I guess I want to like her more. I like force myself to listen to her music. I was about to say that's that's kind of what it is, is that you want to like her, so you like maybe that I just didn't listen to it at the right time. Uh-huh. You try to give her some bail. That's how I'd be on some other people. But that's our episode. Do you have any other medias? No, no, not at all. I mean, uh I'm next week hopefully I'll I'll watch something that I enjoy. Or maybe not. Another thing you hate. That too. It can all happen. It can happen. Thank you guys so much for listening. Were you surprised about these Sesame Street scandals? Have you heard about them before? Let us know. Were you a PBS kid like me? Or were you a Jose (coughs) child who had endless access to all the other premium children channels? (laughs) That's what I want to know. Who was a PBS kid like who? Who lived in my world? Who was between the Lions author, Miami Gillen? Who was poor? Let us know. (laughs) (laughs) I fucking hate you. (laughs) That's pretty much what you're asking, aren't you? Uh, Who was was, uh, Mary Elizabeth? Who was Clifford the Big Red Dog? (laughs) What's that? Emily Elizabeth. I said Mary Elizabeth. (laughs) Yeah, I. People have such love for those shows, and I just don't. One of these days. Well, it was good while it lasted. <laughs> Thank you guys for listening. Please leave us a review. Please leave us a rating. Uh, our email is saviorsorry at gmail.com. Our Instagram is saviorsorry. And our Twitter is saviorsorry. The your is spelled you are on the Twitter. And I'll link all those below. Thank <laughs> you so much. It's been wonderful. Bye. Bye. <laughs>